Hello and welcome to the Jurek Show. I'm Javad Malik and alongside me is Eric Crone. Either left or the right. I don't know how this is going to show up in post. <laughs> well, haven't seen you since RSA and uh, we haven't done the Jurek Show since RSA. No, that's true. And, uh, you know, we're going to be bringing on another quality production. <laughs> Um, of the Jarek show here. Um, uh, what is this? Are we going to call this the coronavirus edition or COVID edition? What are we? What are we going to do that? Uh, that 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 might last a long time. <laughs> if we intend on doing this on a weekly basis, this, this will be a very long, long-running multi-parter. That, that's a good point. Okay. All right. Well, wh- whatever we can do to you know cash in on hashtags or something, I think is is key yeah. to this right now. That's right. All right. Season one. See, oh, season one. I like that. I like that very much. Okay. So uh, season one, continuation from RSA, here we are in the Jarek show. And Javad, I think what we wanted to do here was take some of the topics that we've seen in the last week or so and kind of cover them um, and just talk about that a little bit. That's kind of the idea here, right? So uh, I know you have a couple of topics ready. You want to go ahead with your first one? Yeah, sure. And seeing as we're trying to do this all um, low-key, low internet, so we're not doing any screens and slides and everything, but uh, the first topic I want to talk about is ah Zoom removes ID from toolbar. Yes, Zoom removes the ID from toolbar. So Zoom has been under a lot of scrutiny lately. Lot like it's the the biggest um, unpaid for free pen test ever in the in recent history. And so with its popularity, a lot of people have been jumping on the bandwagon, and and rightly so. They've been pointing out some vulnerabilities. Uh, to its credit, I think Zoom has been doing a good job in not shying away from the issues. Their, their CEO and founder put out a statement, a really good blog post on, on the 1st of April. Um, and then they've been subsequent, subsequently been making improvements to, the, to their platform. And so they've brought the security tools a bit more easily accessible so you can turn on waiting room wagging. The, the one thing that really did catch my mind is they said, we've removed the meeting ID from the toolbar because it was a privacy risk. And so our PM, Boris Johnson, he say like uh, tweeted out a photo of him doing his cabinet meeting uh, via Zoom. And the Zoom ID was there. So that's a privacy risk. Anyone could then try to join it. And if you haven't configured it properly, you, you do it. And I think from some Zoom's part, they, they're trying to do it right. But it got me thinking that we often approach the things from the wrong way. Because the, the ID being in the toolbar isn't really the issue here. The, the underlying issue here is people are taking photos of their screen <laughs> and sharing it on social media. Now, what if someone were to take a photo and in the background there's the whiteboard? Would you suddenly say, hey, whiteboard manufacturers, you need to coat your whiteboards in a way that it doesn't show up in a photo I'm going to post on social media? It would just be ridiculous. So, so I think we're missing a thing that our, our obsession with tech is like we want to fix everything with a tech solution. And with this, it's really a user behavior problem. And trying to get them to change their behavior and say, hey, just don't take photos of sensitive stuff and post it on social media, that would solve not just this, but a whole raft of other issues. Yeah, and um, first of all, I want to let you know, um, before we get too far, I've let you go this far, but uh, when you held up the post-it note, it really threw off your, your uh, white balance. So you look kind of like a Smurf right now. So you may want to hold up something white in front of the screen to change that back. But while you're doing that, um, you know, Zoom's been getting a, a lot of heat. No, it's not working, man. <laughs> You've gone blue. 
<laughs> Another high quality production. Uh, <laughs> um, if you want to mess with that uh, and, and turn off your camera for a second while I speak, we can probably yep. do that and set your white we'll balance. Um, uh, okay, so um, I've got some family members that are so afraid to use Zoom because they keep seeing these stories that pop up about Zoom this, Zoom that. And how bad it is, right? Uh, and unfortunately, Zoom is getting a lot of heat for that. <laughs> um, and it's not really a bad, uh, bad product. And like you say, a lot of it is just how people are using it. Zoom bombing definitely a thing. We know that. Um, <laughs> this is going, going off the rails already. This is wonderful. <laughs> um, but Zoom bombing is an issue where they're they're basically taking um, these IDs and they're randomly typing them in and jumping into things and and showing parts uh, that they probably shouldn't be showing or, or porn and things like this in the middle of all these things. And, and the reason that's happening is because people are not protecting their, uh, their Zoom meetings with, uh, <laughs> with uh, you know, IDs uh, or, or passwords, right? That is so distracting. <laughs> this is awesome. Ignore me, that's everyone. <laughs> just, just pay attention to, to Eric for now while I try to fix this. <laughs> Oh goodness! All right. Um, anyways, uh, but yeah, that that's not really that's not a Zoom problem. It's it's a problem with how people are setting up the meetings, right? And and the other thing about Zoom is every time there has been a real thing, they've actually come through and tried to fix it. And you're still just failing miserably. Do we want to? <laughs> and now you're muted. That's fantastic. I'm just going to give up for now. So <laughs> fix it in post, Eric. <laughs> There's no fixing this in post, my friend. Anyways, um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you on the Zoom thing. I, I think it's safe to use Zoom. I think it's, you know, 98% of the people, unless you're a nation state, you're fine using Zoom. They're, you know, whatever. Just set it up right. Um, so, uh, having said that, uh, one of my wonderful things, I'm going to see if I can't just uh, not throw this off on mine, uh, but w one of mine that I want to talk about is stimulus checks right so over here in the u.s um we have <laughs> we have uh, uh, the the u.s government has said we're going to do this economic stimulus package right and we're throwing money around like drunken sailors uh and everybody's going to get a check you get a check you get a check everybody gets a check right um and and here's the problem with that though is they haven't really given good ideas as to when people will see this check okay so it's like uh, you may have lost your job. You may be hungry, right? You're, you're saving up. You're, you're looking at a, a second mortgage to get a roll of toilet paper, um, you know, things like that. And then they tell you they're sending you money, but nobody knows when it's going to arrive. This makes it absolutely ripe for the kind of scammer attacks that, that we see around this sort of thing. And so we're seeing them that are coming out supposedly from uh, um, American Express, we're seeing them from bank places saying, oh, you need to register here for the stimulus uh, package. And these are remarkably effective because, again, you're basically letting these people know that money's coming but not giving them any more details. And so this is where messaging becomes a key when you're doing something like this, um, and it can be used against you in scams and fraud. So uh, are you guys seeing anything like that over on your side as well? So no, here, here's just a, a, a screenshot of the American Express. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah. One. I, I'm just really doing this, hoping it will correct my it's, white balance. No, it's not. No. <laughs> this is great. So we do have a, a, a similar uh, sort of loans and stimulus package over here, but we haven't really seen many scams, not 
like it's been in the US. And, and, and I think because the messaging has been a bit more clearer, um, it, it's, um, and, and there's, a, there's a process in place. Um, and it's a smaller country and it's a lot easier to manage. We don't have different states with different different state laws and all that kind and of like stuff. And like the whole EU thing isn't a problem anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're doing it all on our own now. <laughs> None of those bureaucrats in Brussels are messing with this. No, no, that's a, that's a good point. Um, you know, and, and here, the messaging that we get, like yesterday, uh, I did a radio show. Uh, and while I was on there, uh, they were talking about... Uh, you know, 50 million Americans are going to be getting their checks starting tomorrow, or I think they even said today. And then later on in the day, I hear that, oh, people should have them by the end of the month. Well, that's a pretty good gap when you're looking at an empty refrigerator and no job, you know? And so uh, the messaging around this whole thing has been extremely poor. And that just leaves it wide open for these scammers. So um, I think that's important to keep in mind. Absolutely. And and this is just, it's such an emotional issue that when, when people are desperate or when people are under extreme stress, and these are the things that scammers look for because those are the actual hooks they really latch onto. So even the most rational of people, when they're under a stressful situation, they will do things that later in hindsight, they were like, I have no idea why I did that. Um, so this is this could be really, really serious. It could impact people in a really bad way that you've lost your job, You've got no money. On top of that, you just got stunned by a scammer. And, you know, I can't think of anything much worse. That's like triple word score on Scrabble. Right, right. And you know what? I'm going to cheat because you just you, you moved into my one of my other topics so smoothly right there. I want to talk a little bit about mental health um, because, you know, you just mentioned it here. Here we're in a situation where, um, you know, you're used to working from home. You've been doing this for quite some time, right? Um, I, I spend a lot of time on the road. Um, but not necessarily in the office. So I have a little bit more feelings with that, but not so much working from home. And I got to tell you, um, this has been tough for me. Um, you know, yesterday I had this weird thing going on where mentally I was very calm, but my, like, my, my body was all wound up and ready to like fight or flight. And I have no idea why that was happening, right? It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, but I can tell you that there are a lot of people that are in these situations that have never spent time working from home. This new dynamic, um, the world is is doing something around us. We don't know exactly what that is. And now they're being put in a position where they've never been in before. And so um, I know, at least from my side, I feel this weird pressure that am I producing enough, right? And my wife tells me yesterday, she's like, you know, you're up, you're, you're working at 8 o'clock in the morning. You're still working at 9 o'clock at night. Um, I'm really not taking breaks. Like none of this stuff is quite right. And, and I'm still wondering, you know, uh, am I doing enough? And, and I see a lot of people that I, I think are kind of struggling with the same thing as they get used to working in a whole new environment with processes that are absolutely not made to deal with this sort of thing. So, you know, do you have any tips on that, Javad? I mean, because you have been working from home for a, for a long time. I, I have been working from home for a long time, but but this is different because it's not just about working from home. I think it was just working from home. That would be a different thing. But it's the fact that you're working from home and you're not allowed to get out. You're in a confined space with your family members for a very long period of time. Uh, kids, are, if you if you have kids, uh, I know you do as well as I, but, uh, you know, they're off school. So they're frustrated. They can't see their friends. They can't burn off any energy. There's a whole host of other issues that, you know, around it that, that add to that stress. And 
I, I was just talking to my wife about this last night and I thought, well, you know, in a way, sometimes I feel a bit guilty and selfish thinking about it like this, because I was thinking of all the, the doctors and nurses that they're probably seeing death on an unprecedented scale at the moment or suffering. And you read accounts of people, they're like, well, you know, I have to unlock someone's uh, phone for them and FaceTime them with their family and I get, or I read their messages to them. And I think we might see, once this is all over, we might see a, a huge spike in PTSD type cases within the medical profession, because I think at the moment they're undergoing so much and uh, thank you for what you're doing. But I think once this is all over, there'll be a healing process for everyone. And I think that's the time where everyone needs to really come together and, and help each other out. That's a good point. I mean, these medical professionals, you're right. They're seeing people dying all the time of this horrible disease that is very uh, communicable, right? It's easy to spread. They're in there with these people just trying not to catch this thing while also trying to save their lives. And PPE, you know, we all know that that's like uh, almost impossible to find in many situations, right? Um, I'm actually uh, working a project right now where I'm 3D printing these ear relief pieces for, for people. And, and I put it up yesterday on Facebook just as kind of like, a, hey, you know, it, would anyone have any use for these? And I can't believe that people are like, oh my gosh, that would be great. One gal's like, we've been trying to use paper clips to, to hold the, the mask together on the back because it's so hard on our ears after a day. And I never thought about, you know, like how, you know, how real this is for some of these people. And so they're, they're so appreciative. I'm, I'm printing these things as fast as I can and just getting them out to people. Um, but these folks are in a, in a tough situation because they're not only in the middle of it and seeing people die of this thing, but it's something they can catch. You know, it's like in a car wreck case, somebody comes into the ER, um, they're not going to catch car wreck from the person on the gurney or, or the stretcher. Right. Um, but they can with the COVID. So that's, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty, Wow, sort of thought right there. Very deep from the man in blue. <laughs> not, not just in blue, the man who is completely blue. <laughs> All right, so what's your next one? So let's uh, segue <clears throat> back into um, security. And uh, Shodan, um, that, that published a blog, Shodan, Shodan, whatever. <laughs> my, my white balance is already messed Trends up. in <laughs> internet exposure. Yeah, great. So, so they published a trends in internet exposure, and uh, there's there's one part in it, uh, especially that caught my eye. And they said in the last month, the number of devices exposing RDP to the internet has grown and grown and grown. Um, and and sometimes some IT people they'll do the whole security by obscurity thing and put it on a different port. So they looked at different ports, and even thirty three eighty eight, for example, it's way up yeah and um so i think it's interesting because a lot of teams are just trying to make stuff work yeah very quickly they have to move everyone remote working and they're just trying to keep the lights on so i'm not berating them i'm not saying pointing that i'm saying ha ha i'm saying i understand why a lot of companies might be implementing a lot of things or relaxing security rules i was speaking to some colleagues and uh, some friends i mean not colleagues but they are like in their companies, they've relaxed some 2FA rules just to allow people to log on easier and quicker. And there's not enough people at the help desk that can help with, you know, if everyone has an issue and, and what have you. But this is kind of like a, a technical debt that we're all uh, accruing across companies. And, and that's fine because companies are now, a lot of them are worried 
whether there will be a company to come back to, whether the business is viable. But if it is and you come back to it, there's going to be all these little steps that you've taken and they're going to be really hard to unwind or even identify. So if, if you are, a, you know, a small IT shop or the, the one person who's running IT for your organization and you're putting in all these temporary fixes, uh, my advice would be document, 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 uh, write down everything that you've done so that once it's all over and the, and the fog of war has cleared, you can go back to it and say, hey, okay, these are the things I now need to start rolling back or unpicking or letting people know that things are going to change back to a more secure state. You know, that's always a challenge, even in the best of times, to keep track of things like that. You know, this is why we have uh, role-based access control models and things like that, because, um, you know, I, I can tell you in, in the Army organization that I worked with uh, for quite some time, as people move through their different roles, uh, before we rolled out our back, um, it was very easy for people to continue to get new permissions, especially if they're going team to team, because they may be performing job functions over here while training on the new one over here. So they end up with, you know, two sets of permissions. And then when they move over, nobody actually goes and pulls the old permissions out. And you end up with all these stacked permissions, right? And and it gets out of hand. Um, and adding any to any any to things to get it to work when you're the one person trying to support 60 people that are calling up going, oh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. Yeah, you're right. Totally get it. Um, the key is once you get that that initial deployment down, if you can go try to tighten that stuff up, because, yeah, moving it to like 3390 or 3388 or whatever, you know, the bad guys are wise to that. And, and if you've ever seen one of my presentations, one of the key things I always say is don't do RDP straight to the Internet. Right. Uh, give them VPN or something. And, and here we are in a position where it's just going, you know, gangbusters on that. And, and you know, it is what it is. It's the world we're in. Uh, unfortunately, I think what what we have to think about here is because people are moving out like this um, and they're losing some of those uh, protections that they would have on the corporate network sometimes uh, and they're working from personal computers, uh, what's going to happen is, uh, like it or not, some of the security stuff is going to have to fall to the individuals on the other side, on the keyboard side, right? And that's why, you know, we both work for a company that does uh, security awareness training. Uh, and I think we both work there because we believe in it. And I think this is a, a perfect case of why it is so important to get people um, understanding what they're doing. Because phishing is up. We know that. It's gone through the roof. And the protections are down. And so I really think that uh, making sure that people on the other end are, are doing their part to try to uh, to spot these things and stop them is going to be a key to, to getting through some of this easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Take so, us on to the final story. Yeah. Let's see. I have this. Oh, no. <laughs> Never mind. No. <laughs> That's not the right one. Um, <laughs> the message from the president here. Okay. Um, this came about on uh, a story that I saw yesterday that was uh, pretty uh, – quite interesting. It was on a bleeping computer, actually. And it was talking about a couple of different um, letters that are or emails that are going out purporting to be from our U.S. Uh, government, right? One of them is from the White House. And uh, it has a Word document attached. And it's uh, basically saying the new COVID rules, right? Um, An update to this. And again, messaging has been pretty poor around this whole pandemic, I'm sorry to say. Uh, but this is like something that they're sending out. It's got a Word document. Uh, of course, you open the Word document. It asks you to uh, enable editing and enable content. So what do you think, Javad? Would you do that? 
well, if it's from the president, why not? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, but but this is an example of some of the different kinds of ways that we're seeing this happen. Um, so people have to know, please, for the love of all that's good in this world, if you get an email with a document, never enable editing and uh, enable content, um, especially if it's something that you have no idea. Now, this one looks very official, except it's it, the ones that I've seen uh, shots of typical grammar crap. <laughs> it's it's the garbage grammar. Um, but again, people are emotional, right? And when we get emotional, we lose our ability to process things in a, in, in a thoughtful sort of way. The critical thinking goes right out the window, right? Um, so this is one of those that, again, people are hungry for information. It's a great way to, to do that to people. Um, and the other side of this, there's another one that's coming around, and it actually looks like it's coming from Mike Pence, our VP, our uh, uh, vice president. And this one is targeting businesses. And it's actually saying that, hey, it appears that you've been a part of like money laundering and all this kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, we're we're going to start, you know, causing trouble for you. And the idea behind this is there is no attachment or anything, but the idea is respond to us immediately. So what they're wanting to do is open dialogue with some people and then they'll get them to pay a fine or whatever um, in order to avoid this. Now, the grammar is crap again. Um, very, very easy to spot. If you know what to look for, you can spot it. Um, but if you think about small business owners and what they're going through right now, a lot of them are barely holding on restaurants. You know, they're not seating people inside, uh, at the best of times they're doing curbside delivery. Um, they're really struggling on the small businesses and those that aren't deemed essential are really going to be hurting already. And then you get a letter like this <laughs> or an email like this from the VP going, hey, it seems that you've screwed up and now you're guilty of money laundering. You know, and there's so many ways you could phrase that where it's, uh, you know, we believe that you accidentally did something while you're doing this or you could get real aggressive. Either way, it's a really ugly thing to do, but we're starting to see those. Um, um, you know, we, we saw some yesterday, like I said, in the story there. And I, I expect to see a lot more of these exploding. Now, do you guys have something similar coming from what it would be your Downing Street, right? So I, I received something from Downing Street. And we're not as modern as you, but it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's an actual letter from from Downing Street. Nice. Um, and uh, well, it came with a little pack about Coronavirus and okay. it's got all the all the government advice in it, like how to wash your hands and um you know the, the the benefits of self-isolation it's actually really well put together oh nice it's uh it's got all the information there support for it uh how to do it going to work and then it's got the the urls there which you can type in uh into yeah in, into your browsers so there's no real chance of um, clicking on a link here or downloading an attachment it's old school but i think it's really the most effective way of getting through to, uh, you know, everybody, because everybody lives at an address, everybody can sort of like, you know, not everybody has access to email or understands the intricacies or checks out on a regular basis and all that kind of stuff. But I think you're right, it, it absolutely comes back down to um, how you engage and the tone and, and the clarity in communication. And I think like, even as security professionals, we, we've seen this for a long time. Like when, when you approach people in the wrong way, when you give them the wrong security message, you end up just confusing them. Mm -hmm. So people, they, they end up losing faith in you, they're losing trust in you. So when you do go with a legitimate message, 
they're going to ignore it or miss it. And this is the danger here when, you know, sometimes no communication is better than poor communication. So if the government just said something like, hey, we're working on something and we will let you know this way when we do come to a decision, then it becomes a lot easier than people getting forwarded links on social media and saying, hey, click here to find out what the stimulus package in your area is or what the or your local government or uh, regulated body has passed these new laws regarding your operating hours and small businesses will be really worried about that. So if there's like just a comprehensive single source of the truth that everyone can refer to, that that makes it a lot better. And, but the, the important thing, it needs to be in, uh, in very simple, clear to understand terms. Absolutely. I would agree with that. So I think that's about it for the topics we have this week. Uh, we were shooting for a 10-minute show. I'm sure this has gone way <laughs> past that. Um, so, uh, but, you know, whatever. We're all uh, we're all entertained by the color you've turned. <laughs> you may want to have that checked out, man. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, uh, anyways, uh, you know, thank you so much for, uh, for being on here, folks. Thanks for listening and watching. Um, if there's any topics you want us to cover, you know, let's uh, let us know. Um, Javad, what's your uh, what's your Twitter handle, or how can people get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me on my Twitter ID, which is J four V V four D. Hold on, let me just write that down on our. Uh, That's very uh, simple, authoritative source that uh, you know you'll remember right off the top of your head here. Um, that is my Twitter ID. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, mine is at Eric Krohn. That's E-R-I-C-H-K-R-O-N. If you want to hear more stuff or, or have an idea, um, let us know. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to get it out there. So uh, thanks again for joining us. Javad, anything you want to say in closing? You're ugly. <laughs> and you're blue, but that's okay. One of us can fix that. We'll let the viewers decide <laughs> which. All right. Well, thanks again, and uh, take care. Stay safe this week.